Welcome to the Stop Drinking Podcast, where we help you make stopping drinking a simple, logical, and easy decision. We help you with tips, tools, and strategies to start living your best life when alcohol-free. If you want to learn more about Stop Drinking Coaching, then head over to www.soberclear.com. If reducing, stopping, or getting in control of your drinking is important to you, there are really two paths that you can take. You've got the right way and the wrong way. Now, the wrong way pretty much means that you're almost guaranteed to fail. You're going to find it difficult. You're going to find it challenging. You're going to spend the rest of your life avoiding alcohol, secretly wishing that you could drink. On the other end of the spectrum, we have the right way of stopping drinking, which means that it's almost going to be like the days before you ever drank, where you're happy, you're confident, you're playful, you're outgoing, and you don't need a poison to get you through the day. If you could choose either of those paths, which one would you take? Well, of course, you're going to choose the right way 100% of the time. But in today's video, I'm going to explain the wrong way of stopping drinking. I'm going to explain the biggest mistake that I see most people making. Then most importantly, after we've done that, I'm going to explain what can happen once you stop making this mistake and how it can make stopping drinking so easy. And then finally, I'm going to give you an action plan to follow so you can go on to live a great quality of life in control of your own drinking. So before we get into the mistake, yesterday, I'm not going to lie, I almost quit. I almost threw in the towel and just said, enough is enough. I'm done with everything. I was so close. But to understand what I'm talking about, I need to go back in time a little bit. So I grew up in a place called Lancashire. So I grew up in the northwest of England in a pretty small town. And I was actually raised by a single mum. So my mum left my father when I was really, really young. And there were a few boyfriends here and there. But pretty much my formative years between the age of zero and 12, there was no real father figure around. Now, later on, my mum met my stepdad, who she's still with today, thank God. So that person came into my life a little bit later, but there was no strong male influence in my life. And if I'm honest, when I was growing up, I was I was quite small, right? So I was quite skinny. I wasn't big. I wasn't the most sporty person. I wasn't hanging around the football team or anything like that. And if I'm truly honest with you, I, I pretty much grew up with very low self-esteem in my early years. Now, one thing that changed my life forever is that when I was about 17 years of age, I started going to the gym. I found weight training and you know, I started uh, learning online. I started watching YouTube videos. I was on a website called bodybuilding.com, which was massive back in the day. Uh, it's not so big anymore, right? Because everybody's just on YouTube and social media. But, you know, I was devouring information about how I can change my body and how I can get bigger. And I remember during that time, there were kind of a few authorities on bodybuilding.com in the forums. And they would start talking about eating five times a day and, you know, training really hard and doing bench press and doing all of this stuff. And that's how they transform their body. Well, later on, I found out that a lot of these people were on steroids, but I had no idea what was going on at the time. And I just said, well, I mean, if it's worked for them, why can't it work for me? So I really started taking health and fitness seriously and it changed my life in every single way. And actually, you know, later on in my life, I actually got a personal training qualification. I've done a personal training business and all this was going on amidst a lot of chaos. Like I've told you before, there have been periods of my life where I've not drank and, you know, worked on positive things like my health and fitness. And then there'll be months where it's just complete chaos. But from this experience, I know that finding a mentor, finding an expert, finding somebody that I can learn from makes a massive difference in my life. So ever since I changed my own body and my own health and fitness and I put on weight and started building my own self-esteem and feeling more confident, I always said to myself that if I ever want to learn something, I'll just find an expert. So fast forward to today and I uh, wanted to learn how to box. So Western boxing, because I went to my friend's place and there was uh, three other dudes that were younger than me and we all did sparring and they were all better than me. And I just felt like, a beginner. I felt like a rookie. I thought I've never really taken the time to learn this. I've kind of resisted it for a long time. So I did what I do. I went and found an expert in the local area and I found this coach 
Uh, this coach has had like 30 professional fights. He even fought Canelo. He's called Rocky, you know, incredible coach. And I just said, you know what? I'm going to find the expert. I'll pay them whatever the charge. I don't care what it costs. Just find me the top person to learn from. I'm going to go and learn from that individual. And for me, that's the quickest way to get a result. So we did our session yesterday and we did our pad work. And then listen, I'm, I'm still building up to it. So I get pain in my wrist. I get pain in my fingers. And after the session, he's like, what do you want to do now? I said, well, you know what, Rocky? I'm going to do a 5K run. He's like, all right then. So I get my running shoes on because I brought a spare change of shoes and uh, get on the treadmill and then start this run. So I'm running along, I'm running along, I'm running along and I get through the first 500 meters and I'm like, oh, this is easy. I've already done 10%. This is just a walk in the park. So, you know, I continue running and then, then time just kind of starts to slow down. I get to about 1500 meters and I'm thinking, yeah, this is, this is, this is worse than I thought it was going to be. And then I keep running and I get to about 2000 meters. And then in my head at this point, the demons start knocking on the door. It's this screaming of just like, you don't need to go. You don't need to do a full 5k. Just get off now. You don't need to go this fast. Slow down. It's this constant chaos in my head. Just telling me to get off the treadmill. It hurts too much. What are you doing? You don't need to do this. Anyway, so I'm running, I'm running, I'm, you know, battling these demons. And then the coach comes over and he says, he looks over and he's like, 2k in, 3k left. Go on, lad. And then he walks away. So I keep running, I keep running and I'm screaming. I'm thinking, I'm just going to get to three kilometers. I'll get to three kilometers and then I'll stop. And I'm running, I'm running, I'm running. And then just before I get to three kilometers, he comes back again and he looks and he's like, just keep it going, just keep it going. And then he goes back into a, uh, into like a, a seating area, which is covered in glass. So I keep running. And I'm like, ah, and I, I ignore him. I said, I'm just going to get to 4k and I'm seriously going to stop. This is hurting way too bad. And then I glance over to the, to the seating area, which is like a, like a waiting area, but it's glass. So you can see inside. And I see two of two of the boxing coaches there, and I saw one of them glance over, and I thought he's told them that I'm doing a 5K. Well, I don't know if he did, right? But in my head, I'm thinking, what happens if they know? What happens if he did tell them? And I stop at 4K, so I'm running, I'm running, I'm running, and I'm just thinking, do you know what? I'll just get to 4K, and then I just think I'll have to stop. I mean, it's it's good, it's it's better than nothing. And then I got to 4K, and then there was just this switch where I was like, no, just finish the damn thing. Don't go and let these people down. You've made a commitment. You've told other people that you're going to do something. And if you get off this treadmill, you're finished, right? And this is what I was saying to myself. Listen, if you could hear my thoughts on a megaphone, they'd probably lock me up and put me in, into a, I don't know, some hospital or whatever, right? So I'm running, I'm running, I'm running, and then I get to 4.1K, 4.2K, and I'm counting it down. And I start doing all these calculations in my head of like, well, you've only got 5% left just to keep my mind busy. And then I get to the end of the 5K and I did it. And after I finished the 5K, but, uh, you know, one of the owner of the gym and a coach like, oh, you just did 5k, you did it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that made all the difference. And this will all make sense of why it's related to not drinking alcohol. But me making a commitment to somebody else, I could not let that person down. I couldn't let all those people in the gym down, right? Because I didn't want to embarrass myself. If I've told you I'm going to do something, I am going to see it through. Despite what my brain starts saying, despite the demons that start knocking on the door saying, just quit, I just kept going and kept going and kept going. But I can promise you one thing, and this is where we'd all start making sense. If I was alone that day, right? And I just said to myself, hey, you know what? Wouldn't it be nice to do a 5K? Let's get a 5K in. And I started running, but nobody could see me doing it. I was totally alone. The chance of me finishing that 5K, I mean, it, it might have happened. I think 50% chance of it actually happening, but it was hurting bad. So I might have got to that 4K and just said, well, you know what? It's better than nothing, right? But because I had made a commitment and because other people were holding me accountable to finishing it, and because I didn't want to embarrass myself, 
I just persevered and got it done. So why am I talking to you about this? Why am I talking to you about accountability and a small community of people all kind of holding me accountable? But what do we do when we stop drinking? Well, there are two things that most people do, right? The first is they may find a community, right? And what community do most people go to? they go to Alcoholics Anonymous. Now, this is no disrespect to the people in AA, right? If you go to AA and you're happy, I respect you so much. I'm so happy that you found a solution. But I remember when I went to AA, I didn't find my people. This is going to sound slightly judgmental and I really do apologize. I'm not trying to come across that way. Uh, I just want you to be clear on this mindset because it will make all the difference. But when I went to AA, I found a bunch of people that they, they weren't really living up to the standard of life that I aspired to live to. I didn't see people coming into AA saying, wow, you know, Leon, I just started a business. Wow, Leon, I've, you know, just been uh, running a 5K. I've just been doing an Ironman. I never, I didn't really find anybody like that. And I'm sure they were there if I looked hard enough, but I was going into a place of people that really seemed to stop drinking and that was their sole goal in life. You know, maybe they'd got to such a bad place with alcohol that they didn't really care about results because they could have just kept drinking and probably ended up dying. So they weren't too bothered about leveling up as long as they lived the rest of their life sober, then it was all good. And listen, I did not want to stop drinking for the sake of just stopping drinking. So for some people, AA works perfect. They hear the shares, they relate to the stories. But for me, I didn't relate to those people. Neither did I want to call myself an alcoholic. So I was joining a community of people that just weren't for me. What's the other option? Well, the other option is people do it alone, right? They just say, right, I'm going to stop drinking alcohol. I'm going to grit through it. I'm going to use my own personal strength and willpower. I'm going to lock myself away and I'm just going to fight the cravings for the rest of my life, which can be extremely effective. Just like running a 5k on your own can work as well. But what about the days where you don't feel like running. What about the days where you run the 5k and then you quit at 4k or you walk halfway, just like I was talking about before? What happens when nobody is holding you accountable? And don't say that your wife or your husband holding you accountable is enough because we know that that's a lie. It's almost like most people that try to stop drinking alcohol, they set themselves up for failure. They know in their heart that they're never going to truly follow through. So they don't go and tell somebody else. They don't go and create accountability because they secretly want to fail. And I know that that's brutal. And I know for a lot of you, that's going to go over your head because you're not like that. I know most of the viewers of the channel are not like that. I'm talking about everybody else. But when we don't have accountability and we don't have a community that's our community, then stopping drinking becomes a battle. It becomes a fight. And that's what I don't want for you. I don't want that to happen to you. But just imagine for a second, imagine that you find your people. Imagine that you find a community of people that are just like you, right? Maybe you're a devout Christian that wants to be around other people that are just living a very Christian life. Or maybe you're a Muslim and that's what you want to do. Maybe you find your people there. What I wanted to find was ambitious people that wanted to get in the best shape of their life, have the best relationship that they could have, grow a business, grow their careers. I wanted to be around these people, people that were pushing, people that were going hard. And when I stopped drinking alcohol, I found people like that. I built my own community. And that's exactly what I wanted to create with Soberclear, with my coaching business. I wanted to create a group of high performers, of ambitious, motivated people that didn't want to just stop drinking to sit around feeling sorry for themselves. And they didn't want to stop drinking to just sit around watching Netflix all day. They wanted to stop drinking because they wanted a better life for themselves. Imagine if you find a community like that. Imagine if you find accountability, somebody that's going to hold you accountable to not only just not drink, but to get in that great shape, right? To improve your relationship. How much different would life be? But you know what the problem is, is most people are scared. Their ego just holds them back. They're not willing to go to somebody else and say, hey, do you know what? I've been screwing up. I've been screwing up for the past 30 years. Please show me a better path. Most people are totally afraid to do that and they live their life scared. But all it takes for you 
is to make that decision to say, I'm going to find somebody to help. The same way that I could have not told the coach about that 5K run, I had to tell him because then I knew that I would follow through. That's how you need to live your life. You need to make that switch where it's no longer an attempt. You are going all in and you're not going to do it in a vacuum. So that is what I'm going to urge you to do. If you take anything away from this video, it's to action this. It's to find your people. Maybe for you, you find a, a local CrossFit gym and that, that becomes your people. They don't really drink. They've got something that they're building on and you're accountable to those people. Maybe for some of you, the Sober Clear program, maybe you're a business owner, a professional, maybe that works for you. I'm not saying my program's for everybody, but you need to find your tribe. You need to find your people and you need somebody that isn't your wife or your friend. You need an independent third party to hold you accountable. Is it possible to succeed without that? 100%, of course it is. But your chance of success is so much lower. I'm honest with myself. I know that when somebody holds me accountable, I perform at a different level. I know that. I'm not gonna sit here and say that I'm perfect and, and I don't need help. We all need help. But it takes courage for you to just put your ego aside and say, do you know what? I'm finding help. And just believe me, if you can make a commitment, you can find the accountability, you can find your people. I promise you, I promise you one thing. If you stick with it in a year from now, you won't recognize yourself. You will be a completely different version of yourself. You will have leveled up on ways that you can't even fathom yet. So if you want help, please go ahead, click the link in the description, book a call. We can see if working together could be a good match. My program's not for everybody, but if you're gonna do one thing, take action as soon as this video ends. Just do something, take a step in the right direction. Thanks for checking out the Stop Drinking podcast by Sober Clear. If you want to learn more about how we work with people to help them stop drinking effortlessly, then make sure to visit www.soberclear.com.